Welcome to Haunted Florida, brought to you by Demimond Paranormal Podcast. I'm your host, Tori, from Demimond Paranormal, a small, private Facebook group that caters to all things supernatural and creepy. In tonight's episode, we will be traveling all throughout the Sunshine State as we explore the dark realms of the most haunted some of the most haunted places in Florida don't be shy to let us know if you've heard of any of these places or if you even live near some of these haunted locations that we might mention in tonight's episode So without any further ado, let's get started and let's get creeped out tonight or this afternoon, depends on what time you're listening to us. <laughs> but without me jibbering jabbering too much, let's get started. first segment will be on the psychic capital of the world. Now, some of you may know this location as Castadega, Florida. And I thought it would be really interesting to spend our first segment learning about this place, which is shrouded in mystery. First of all, I just want to mention, do you guys know what the word Casadega means. It means in the Native American language of the Seneca, it means water beneath the rocks. Now Casadega, Florida is about halfway between Orlando and Daytona Beach, just off the I-4 corridor. Now it's a small unincorporated community in the Volusia County and it was created by a man named George P. Colby, who was a young man originally from a small town in upstate New York, which was near a town named, you guessed it, Casadega. Now, as a child, George's family moved from New York State to Minnesota, where he was said to have been baptized in frigid water so cold that they had to cut a hole in the ice for the ceremony. Now, after that time, he reported to begin having psychic abilities. And at times, at this time, he reported to feel connected to the spiritual world. And this did not sit well with his strict Baptist parents. And he left home at an early age. Now, it was around this time that he began traveling to different states, especially along the East Coast, where the spiritualist movement began to grow in popularity. He started out as a medium, doing private readings and spiritual healing sessions, and he eventually made a name for himself, which led to giving live demonstrations and seances, for, in lectures even, for larger groups. 
Now about 150 years ago, he attended a seance where he was shown by his Native American spirit guide, who was named Seneca, that he would someday help create a spiritualist community in the southern United States. And sure enough, by 1875, he traveled to the, the southeastern United States and found a wilderness area in, south, in central Florida that appeared as he had seen it during his seance. The body of water he saw is now named Lake Kobe. George Colby may have felt connected to the Seneca since Native Americans in the Seneca tribe lived in western New York all throughout the area when he was born and lived as a young boy. Now George homesteaded the area on 100 acres and in the late 19th century he deeded 35 acres to the newly organized Casadega Spiritualist Camp Meeting Association. Now there's a small spring on Colby's homestead that reportedly cured the tuberculosis that he had suffered from for years. And as we know to this day, this spiritualist organization still exists to this today. And the camp encompasses 57 acres with about six dozen Victorian era cottages and homes sprinkled all across the grounds. Now, the majority of these occupied homes are by full-time residents, with many offering services such as psychic healers, who are listed in a directory as a certified medium. Today, the Southern Casadega Spiritualist Camp Meeting Association conducts church services on a year-round basis following the religion of spiritualism. Services are held in the Colby Memorial Temple on Stephen Street and everyone is welcome to attend the services. They explain that their belief system is a combination and balance of science, philosophy, and religion. In short, some tenets that are there is in infinite intelligence, God behind all existence. They also believe in a community and a continuity of life that continues after the death of the body that we are responsible for for our actions and we can communicate with those on the other side, including bringing forth information and healing. There are also psychic mediumship development classes offered, but they do not take part in what some might think. There is no fortune teller using a crystal ball, tarot cards, or palm readings, although you might find these outside of the camp from some of the individual shops offered by residents of Casadega or the unaffiliated Hotel Casadega. There are more than 40 certified mediums at Casadega Spiritualist Camp who give psychic readings, 
in almost as many certified healers who help people tap into the inherent self-healing ability. However, this is this Casadega is is called a camp, but it is not a campground, and it does not offer lodging arrangements of any kinds on the grounds other than the Casadega Hotel. Casadega has several peaceful parks and meditation gardens, and there are regular events such as guest lectures, healing meetings, meditation circles, and you can take a day or night tour. The camp also has a bookstore with the area's largest selection of books on traditional spiritualism and metaphysics. It also holds a range of stores and shops that has a larger selection of tapes, CDs, crystals, stones, jewelry, Native American crafts, and other unique gift shop items. Now, this spiritualist camp was made the National Register of Historic Places all the way back in 1992. It may be the only time an entire town was made on that list. And what's even more interesting about Casadega is that you can still see the influence of the early days of the camp, and they are also said to have kept the vision of the camp's founder, George Colby, who passed away on the property in 1933. And this location wouldn't be on our list if it didn't have at least one haunted spot located in the camp. Casadega has a haunted hotel. So if you don't mind going to a spiritualist camp and seeing some natural spirits, then I would highly suggest visiting Casadega. The lovely Casadega Hotel is right in the tiny town, and it's the only hotel around. The castle, the hotel was built in the 1920s and is said to be quite haunted. It is also said to have an area that has an energy vortex. They suggest the visitors bring cameras in case they experience any psychic phenomena that can be caught on film. And not to worry, it's a great place to stay while you wander around getting readings done, all while looking at the quaint architecture of the village, and maybe you'll be visited by a friendly ghost. The hotel used to be a a part of the spiritual's camp, but it was sold off during the time of the Great Depression to keep the camp afloat, and it has been since dependently owned and operated. Um, the hotel is quite lovely. It's decorated with period furniture in the common areas, honoring its history. It also offers a wide array of meta- metaphysical services on premises including readings, energy healings, past life regression, and spiritual counseling. The Ann Stevens House was a, is a bed and breakfast in nearby Lake Helen. It was built in 1895 
It's a charming-looking Victorian house with a big wraparound porch in the front, and it has peaceful gardens, but an updated individual bathrooms in each room, and it also has Wi-Fi, and not to mention the Ann Stevens house is quite haunted as well. Also, if you're in the area, be sure to visit the cabin on the lake, which is another nearby bed and breakfast, but this one has more of a rustic but modern log cabin with three themed rooms available to rent, and it's right on the water in Lake Helen. However, there is something way more infamous that we're about to talk about right now in Casadega. If you're feeling adventurous and brave enough, you can visit the Devil's Chair in the nearby Lake Helen Casadega Cemetery. Now, this is a structure that has become part of the enduring urban legend. Now, the Devil's Chair is rumored by some that if you leave an unopened can of beer on the chair overnight, it will be empty in the morning, but it will still be an, 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 un, um, an unopened bottle of beer or a can of beer. Others say that if you're bold enough to sit on the chair, the devil will show up himself. And that is the ever-so-fascinating Casadega, Florida. I hope you guys enjoyed that. And now we're going to move on to many other haunted locations. And welcome to our second segment of tonight's episode. So far, I hope you guys are enjoying it. And here's an interesting fact, just to start us off with our spooky little podcast episode. The Orlando Executive Airport in Orlando, Florida, is said to be haunted. Once in Orlando Army Base, this airport housed almost... 750 German prisoners during World War II. Travelers who go through Orlando Executive Airport sometimes hear foreign speech late at night. Is it possible that this foreign speech is spoken by the lost souls of these German prisoners? Even more so, the Princeton Hospital or the Lakeside Behavioral Healthcare Hospital located in Orlando, Florida is said to be haunted, said to be haunted by the former psychiatric hospital who has been host to randomly seemingly moving wheelchairs and disembodied voices in several apparitions that sometimes appear hollow. Another haunted former mental hospital is the Sunland Mental Hospital in Orlando, Florida. This children's hospital for the mentally ill is one of the scariest local spots we've ever come across. 
police reported that a man who was curiously seeking ghosts in this abandoned building fell three stories down an elevator shaft. Now it said his ghost and those of screaming children and lost boys still haunt the playground where the hospital once stood. Even Disney's haunted mansion is actually haunted. Employees of this spooky attraction have experienced encounters with real live ghosts, and several ghosts, in fact. Many ghosts have found a way into this place. Between little kids running around the bathroom, and I mean the ballroom, and the sound of a child's laughter in the stretch room, and also there is the apparitions of disappearing Disney workers. It's hard to tell which ghosts are real and which ones are just project projections of fiction. The Peabody Hotel in Orlando, Florida. Now, this hotel was rebranded as the Hyatt, and it was once claimed the title as the second tallest building in Orlando, but apparently it claimed several lives too. After reports of suicides, the ghosts of these lost souls can be seen roaming around the hallways. The Greenwood Cemetery in Orlando, Florida. This is one of the oldest places in Orlando. This cemetery houses some of Florida's most prominent residences, including Mayor Bob Carr and Joseph Bumby. Now the tales of ghosts, the ghosts of children playing with flashlights and Confederate soldiers roaming the fields have been reported by those who dare go there after dark. The Pritchard House in Titusville, Florida. Now some say that one of the former owners, Lola Pauline Smith Pritchard, still walks the halls of her 1891 home. You don't want to go trespassing on Miss Lowley's house, but if you do find yourself inside, prepare for some spooky disembodied voices. You may even encounter flickering lights and a grandfather clock that pings, even though it's broken. Now, we're on to Boot Hill Saloon. If you guys find yourselves in Daytona Beach, you may want to make a pit stop at Boot Hill Saloon, where bikers just can't get enough of this saloon. Even in death, some bikers make a pit stop at their favorite watering hole and have a riotous time. The spirits here make the jukebox play even when it's been unplugged. They are also blamed for hurling items across the bar and turning on the faucets in the bathroom when no one is around. Here's a strange one for y'all. Hamburger Mary's and Orlando, Florida. The Hamburger Mary's staff report sightings of a little girl dressed in Victorian clothing. This little girl has a tendency to tap on the window and wave to guests. 
as well she's also known to skip down the street late at night. So, even though she's a little ghost girl, at least she's a friendly one, and seemingly a happy one. The Key West Firehouse in Key West, Florida. For fans of the firefighter department, or firefighters in general, the Key West Firehouse Museum is a great place to visit in the Key West. This museum offers a wide array of information to visitors who come here. The museum is actually a former firehouse that operated from 1907 to 1998. It's actually one of the oldest firehouses in Florida. This firehouse has been many hurricanes and it still stood strong through it all. You could say that this firehouse has seen it all, but it's also seen many ghosts. Even before the firehouse opened as a museum, there were rumors of the paranormal playing tricks on those who came in to re renovate the building. The staff here have begun to talk about the spirits they saw and heard. At one point, there were two different paranormal teams that came in to explore the building to make sure that these claims were true. One of the teams took hundreds of pictures, and every picture they could see orbs floating in many directions. This team was also able to get recordings of ghostly voices during their stay. There was one photograph that was truly spine-tinkling. The picture shows a young African-American girl dressed up in the fashion from the early 1900s. This showed the paranormal teams that this building does indeed have ghosts in it and she was very likely one of them, only one of them. The Key West Firehouse Museum is just one of the buildings that is haunted in this great city. And this city is actually filled with places that will get you truly creeped out. Like the Porter Mansion. The Porter Mansion is located in the Key West and it's one of the most haunted mansions. It was built in 1839, and it mixes many styles of architecture, such as New England, French, and Bohemian. Some say that Judge James Webb was the man who built the house. He was the first federal judge of the Key West in 1828. He moved to Texas in 1838. He ended up selling the house. The Porter family purchased the house and became home to Dr. Joseph Porter, who was the first public health officer in Florida. He dealt in that house after living there for 80 years. The story goes that he actually died in the bed that he was born in. Could you guys imagine that, dying in that very same bed that you were born in? I mean, you began your life and you ended your life in the very same spot. Anyway, the mansion gained its name from him and he's also known to make the discovery of yellow fever, which between me and y'all, that is a particularly nasty fever. Now, if Dr. Porter is the only known person to die in the house, is it just him that is haunting it? Maybe. 
but for those who have visited the mansion, they have seen some bizarre acts in the rooms of the mansion. There are coins that have been stacked in odd positions on the dressers in the bedrooms. And at night, guests can hear the sounds of chamber music playing in the rooms when no one is around. The bartenders that work here say that Dr. Porter still loves to visit the bar, and his ghost hangs out even in his same favorite spot. Sometimes he will throw wine glasses and he always leaves dimes at the bar. Ghosts who still know how to tip their bartenders are a bit scary, but we still have some other haunts in Key West to get to, like the Key West Lighthouse. The Key West Lighthouse is responsible for some really, truly stunning views. It's one of the best places to go. It was built in 1825 and has 88 iron steps that the visitors can climb to get to the very top. The scenic views from up there are amazing. The lighthouse was used to help sailors coming home into Key West and to remain safe from the many hazards they had in the 19th century. And to this day, this is one of the most highly visited spots in Key West. The lighthouse is just another one of the most haunted buildings located in this city. When the lighthouse is still being used to guide sailors, a woman named Barbara Mayberty maintained it. She was in charge of the lighthouse for over 32 years, and she took over this role when her husband died very unexpectedly. She helped to keep it going as though through some rough and terrifying hurricanes. There was one hurricane in particular that devastated the city. Many people ran into the lighthouse to, in order to protect themselves during the storm. Six of her children and 14 of the people of Key West didn't make it through the storm, and the water carried off many of the bodies to sea. The lighthouse was in rough shape after the storm, and some repairs were done to it. She wanted to continue to take care of the building, so she did, until the day she died at the age of 82. Needless to say, she had a lot of attachment to the lighthouse, and it could be the reason that she haunts it to this day. For those who have been seeing ghosts here, they mention a woman coming up and down the stairs. They say she is walking around as if she was looking for someone she has lost. Perhaps she is looking for the lost children or her own husband in the lighthouse. No matter what, visitors say that she is friendly, and they never felt ill will from the ghost. Friendly ghosts are very welcomed, especially in Key West. And our last location that we're going to talk about, located in Key West, Florida, is the Ernest Hemingway home. For many fans of Ernest Hemingway, they know just how much he loved his home in Key West. The city inspired so many of his works. His home also happens to be one of of the most haunted places in the city. For those who have visited his home, they will get a real treat. And for those who have walked through the halls of of his former home, 
There are rumors that Hemingway himself still lives there, even after death. In fact, his ghost has been seen has been seen at his desk and standing at the windows of the home. Others have heard the sound of him typing in his bedroom. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we are moving on to Tampa, Florida. And our first location is the Old Tampa Book Company. Now, this book company is rumored to be inhabited by murderous ghosts. In the 1980s, the building operated as a tailor shop, but one day the owners mysteriously abandoned it with all their equipment inside. New tenants moved into the following, but this strange departure, they claimed the old ones never truly left. The old Tampa Book Company held on to some of the previous furniture to cut down on costs, only to find that the chairs would move by themselves. Weirder still, when the alarm system went off one night, the owners arrived to find nothing out of place except a pair of scissors lying in a pool of blood. The case remains unsolved, but many suspect a perpetrator of paranormal origins. The old Tampa Book Company has since then closed its doors, but passerby claim to see the apparition of a tall man in a top hat watching them from the shop windows. Dun dun dun! And on to our second location in Tampa, Florida. This is the Sulphur Springs Water Tower. Now, according to legends of pirates and buried treasure, now this has always shrouded the city of Tampa, and the Sulphur Springs Water Tower inspires most of them. Before its even construction in 1927, the tower served as a lighthouse, guiding ships to Tampa's shores. Now locals believe that one of these ships still floats aimlessly at sea, searching for a treasure that was never recovered. Reports detail an old, wind-torn ship with black flags, flags that often vanish as quickly as it appears. Also, par- pirates are not the only ghosts who look out at Sulphur Springs. Once the tallest structure in Tampa, the water tower became a jumping, a jumping off point for unlucky investors in the stock market crash of 1929. Visitors of the area report seeing men in Depression-era suits walking up the beach. Now their clothes are dripping wet. Perhaps their ghosts are doomed to jump from the tower for all eternity, living out the worst luck they have ever encountered. But maybe in the afterlife, they may just luck out and find buried treasure. What would they do with it as ghosts? I don't know, but you just really don't even know what will happen. Our next location in Tampa, Florida is the Sunshine Skyway Bridge. Although the Sunshine Skyway Bridge is among the youngest on the list, it is most likely the most haunted of all. 
The current bridge was completed in 1987 and it stretches about 5 meters miles across Tampa Bay. Thousands of people cross it every day, yet few know its terrifying history. In 1980, the bridge preceded the current structure and was hit by a cargo ship, causing 35 people to plunge to their deaths. Visitors of the area report seeing a strange, unseasonable chill before before catching a glimpse of a ghostly greyhound bus. In addition to over 200 people have leaped from the bridge to their deaths and those passing in cars have witnessed strange, unexplainable lights emanating from the water beneath. Also, locals have reported seeing the apparition of a female hitchhiker. The woman is, is dressed in white and asks passing cars to give her a ride to another side. However, she never makes it disappearing before the car reaches the end of the bridge. The Huguenot Cemetery is located just across the Old City Gate in St. Augustine. The Huguenot Cemetery opened in 1821 to offer a final resting place to those who were of other faiths in the nearby Tolomato Cemetery, and that was reserved for the Catholics only. In the beginning, many of the deceased laid to rest were victims of the yellow fever epidemic that was swept through the city. The ancient burial ground is believed to hold approximately 436 bodies and was open for burials until 1884. Today, it is home to a variety of ghosts who have been spotted by visitors at all times of the day and the night. The most famous ghost is the spirit of Judge John B. Stickney, who was well-liked in St. Augustine and known for offering free legal advice and services to his neighbors. After passing away from yellow fever, the Honorable Judge was buried in 1882 and remained there until his grown children decided to relocate him north to be closer to the family. During his exhuming, it is said that thieves stole the judge's gold teeth from his mouth and other valuables he was buried with. It's this unfortunate event that many feel is the cause of the judge's unhappy spirit that still resides within the cemetery. He's been sitting, sitting in the tree roaming and roaming the grounds as well. The judge isn't alone. There are several other spirits that have chosen to haunt the cemetery including the one of a young girl who died of the horrible yellow fever. Our next location, located in the very historic St. Augustine, Florida, is the Casablanca Inn. Now the story behind this haunting goes that when a woman who owned and operated the Casablanca began to consort which when she begins consorting with and working with some unseedy characters who were involved in bootlegging, she was faced with financial ruin. She became their lookout, warning them when investors were nearby, a waving lantern in the window. 
from a second story room that faced the ocean. As payment, she not only got paid handsomely, she also got alcohol to serve her patrons. Since her death, many people have reported seeing a white light shimmering back and forth in the very same window. Other eerie activity includes the sounds of light footsteps on the wooden floors and disembodied voices of children in a misty shape resembling an elderly lady floating about the inn. Next up on our list is one of the most haunted places, famously haunted places in St. Augustine. This is the St. Augustine Lighthouse. Now this lighthouse was built in the, eight, in the 1600s by Spanish settlers and served the city for many years until tidal erosion and damage from harsh weather conditions made it necessary for a new one to be constructed. Its replacement was built in 1874 and is a historic landmark for St. Augustine visited by thousands of people each year and is also well known for its ghostly inhabitants. It was featured on Ghost Adventures, It's That Haunted. During its long history, several tragic events have occurred that made, that made many people feel that these horrible events attribute to unusually high levels of paranormal energy and ghost sightings within the lighthouse and on its grounds. One of the first when the lighthouse was built was by the ghost of Mr. Andrew who fell to his death while painting the tower. During one of the visits from the ghost hunters show, they captured an apparition on film of what many believed to be the old keeper's ghost, still watching the lighthouse. Another event horrible event that happened was the death of two young girls who drowned when the hand cart they were playing when suddenly broke and fell into the ocean. Many have seen at least one of the girls roaming about and others have heard the voices of children playing inside and outside the building. No matter what anyone believes, the fact that there is something mysterious and unusual about the infamous St. Augustine Lighthouse has never been disputed. And our last location for St. Augustine, Florida is the Spanish Military Hospital. If you ever visit this historical building, don't be alarmed by the unnerving sensation as you feel a sad, heavy presence that seems to be surrounding you. This feeling has been experienced by many who had visited the hospital, which was rebuilt in 1821 when the city had to replace the water lines that ran underneath the building. When construction began, workers discovered that the thousands of human bones buried beneath the hospital. After some investigating that they learned that the hospital sat on a Tamukuan burial ground, the Indians that were native to St. Augustine in its earliest years. Whether the presence of people felt was the spirits of those lost souls is unknown, but hauntings in the building still occur to this day. 
You can hear moans, screams, and cries. You can even see misty sightings of patients in hospital gowns and the outline of a body laying in the beds when no one is there. And our next location is in Miami. This is the Villa Paula in Miami, Florida. Now this stately white mansion was originated and constructed as the Cuban consulate in the mid-1920s, home to Consul Domenico Milord and his wife Paula. The Cuban-born Paula was sent her days playing piano and drinking Cuban coffee until she died from complications from a leg amputation in 1932. Now legend has it that Domenico interred his late wife in a sarcophagus laid in the backyard. The sarcophagus is still there, now covered by a ficus tree roots and nearly impossible to reach. Whether or not it actually contains her mortal remains is debatable at best, but reports of her ghost persist. It's said that her ghost is in different rooms of the stately house. And many people who have lived at the Villa Paula since then had, has had existential kinds of experiences. Among them are the phantom smells of coffee and piano playing, and even a one-legged woman roaming about the mansion. Our next location is located in Palm Beach. This is the Gucci house, the Gucci fashion house. Now, the fashion brand wasn't always based in its famed Worth Avenue location. Pre-2010, it was a few blocks down. But since then, employees were driven out by poltergeist. The playful ghost was known for calling out employees' names. It was responsible for flickering lights, opening doors, and moving things around. Multiple paranormal researchers were brought in, and a number of exorcisms were performed to try to get rid of the phantom, but nothing worked. What was Gucci's solution? By dropping thousands of dollars of cash to move into a new space. And our next location is the Blue Anchor Pub in Delray Beach. This pub was built in the 1840s during the Jack Ripper times and it should be no surprise that it's haunted. The story goes that the bar was raised in London but its facade and wooden interior was sent to New York City and then to this sleepy town 
1996. Little did, it, did anyone know that the pub's original elements came with the ghost of Bertha Starkley, Starkey, who was a cheating wife who was murdered by her husband. Today she could be heard rattling pots, knocking things over, and wailing in the middle of the night at the Blue Inker. Every night around 10pm, which was the time that she was murdered, Bertha also likes to remind everyone that she's still there. So the current owners ring the ship's bell to scare her away. And our last location is the Biltmore Hotel in Coral Gables. And this story has to do with a gangster by the name of Thomas Fatty Walsh, who was fatally shot over a gambling dispute at the Biltmore Hotel in 1929. While his staff hoped he'd be over it by now, it turns out he wasn't. Even after death, he stayed. As legend has it, old Fatty Walsh still hangs around, mysteriously shaking glasses at the bar and chasing down good-looking ladies. And one woman apparently just disappeared after encountering the spirit of Thomas Fatty Walsh, according to Dr. George of the History of, of Miami. Also, the ghost of Fatty Walsh appears in bathroom mirrors, and he likes open doors, and sticking particularly close to the 13th floor where he was killed. And that brings us to the end of our list. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and I will see you in the outro. Alright, that brings us to the end of the episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it as I enjoyed doing the research and relaying it to y'all. I hope to see you guys real soon in the future, probably next week for an all new episode of Dummy Mond Paranormal. With that being said, I wish you guys a good night or a good afternoon or even a good morning, whatever time you guys are listening to Dummy Mond Paranormal. So, this is me, your host, Tori, signing off for tonight. Be good to each other, make good choices, be kind, and stay safe, and I will see you again real soon. Stay spooky.